0: You are Locked on Wild, where it's your Minnesota Wild every day. Hello everyone, I'm Tony Abbott. I'm filling in again as host for Joe today. We weren't able to make the schedules work again this week. Uh, This is just kind of an an anomaly. We will be back to our normally scheduled programming tomorrow, and then we don't anticipate any schedule issues for next week. So anyway, let's, uh, let's get into it today. Uh, I got a little bit of house cleaning up front. I mentioned, I think, on an earlier show this week that I had my trade value rankings for the Minnesota Wild with the trade deadline coming up, of course, out on the Athletic, or coming out on the Athletic later this week. It is later this week. Those trade value rankings are out. Go there and check them out. And uh, another thing you can check out, too, which I I might want to chew up a little bit of time here for, the Athletic Scott Wheeler has been ranking the Minnesota Wild prospect pools, and right now they're on number 14, which is the Minnesota Wild, which is pretty incredible. I, I did not think that Minnesota would have in uh, in anyone's mind a top 15 prospect ranking, uh, you know, like a top 15 prospect pool, and. You know, it's, uh, it's it's pretty good to think about. Like, it, it gives me a little bit of a spring of in my step, a little hope for my future uh, thinking about it, because, you know, there are pretty compelling cases for some guys even in, you know, the teens of this system being at least a little bit interesting. And then, of course, the strength of that coming from Kirill Kaprizov, which, who boy, if you have been extremely online on Minnesota Wild Twitter, you will have seen that goal that Karel Kaprazov scored in KHL. If you follow my Twitter at oh Hi Tony, I definitely retweeted it. So go to Twitter and follow OHI oh Tony and check uh check me out. That's cool. I, I could use more followers. Anyway, Kaprazov has a, has a breakaway where he makes a defender look absolutely silly and puts the the puck uh, past the goalie just that that breakaway speed and finishing ability and it's just woo I have to fan myself right now. It's uh it's pretty nice. Um I'm not gonna give away Wheeler's entire rankings. I will say that the one that interested me the most was his number four placement of Vladislav Firstov, who was the second round pick of the Minnesota Wild back in uh 2019, so just this last year. Uh, with the, I, I think it was something like the 42nd overall pick. Yeah, that sounds right to me. So, I don't know. I, I haven't heard too much about first off in, in any case, good or bad. He wasn't exactly one of the, the, the folks that was touted to be a first rounder and fell into the second round, so, you know, you didn't hear too much about him. And, you know, he's not, like, really been someone who's gotten on anyone's radar, so it is a little surprising to see him be in fourth, but, uh, just to read an excerpt from here. After working to add some muscle this summer, first off's ability to play with the puck on a string and create scoring chances has immediately been evident as UConn's most dangerous forward on many nights. The added strength has turned his dangerous release into a heavy one. It has also helped him play faster, and he has shown the ability, the occasional ability, to turn defenders around or push through seams and create partial breaks for himself. That is real interesting. And to think, you know, it makes sense that Minnesota would hit on a second round pick and have that guy be doing uh pretty well because you know what uh credit to the minnesota wild scouting staff over the the last couple years including uh pj fenton who has gotten a lot of grief uh from you know the the fact that he's paul fenton's son and the uh, the pick of philip Johansson in the first round which you know was was probably best described as uh as too clever by half uh, when, when that pick was made, it hasn't panned out, but really everything else looks real good, uh, for, for PJ Fenton's reign as the, uh, as the scouting director, uh, along with Darren Yopic, uh, running the draft tables with him. You know, you got the, the pick of, uh, of Connor Dewar, who had a breakout last year. This year you got Adam Beckman, breaking out in, in the, in the middle rounds, you've got, uh, I don't know, there's, there's been a lot of success with the mid to late rounds, uh, Hunter Jones starting out real good after the Minnesota Wild traded up, and he was, uh, he was a controversial, uh, you know, a controversial pick, Up um, even, uh, even, like, lower in the draft, too, like, uh, getting Marshall Warren in the sixth round, uh, this last year, uh, I, I like that a lot, um, so, yeah, there's there's some good stuff that he's been doing in the uh, in the later rounds of the draft. So, it makes sense that he would hit on a, a second round pick as well. So uh, first off, has a pretty good start to the season as a as a freshman for UConn. Not exactly known for their uh, their scoring prowess. Not exactly a huge program, uh, but you know that can work in your favor sometimes too. That can uh, that can lead you to get maybe bigger minutes as a freshman there than you can at some of the bigger schools. Anyway, first off has nine goals and sixteen points through twenty five games. Pretty decent. I'm liking that a lot. So, I got some uh, I got some positivity out there, some good vibes for us to enjoy on a very pleasant Thursday. I don't know how pleasant it actually is, but you know what? Anytime that I get to sit down with you folks, it's pleasant to me. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and I'm going to talk about hmm what am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about the wild needing to not sell low. On Matt Dumba, so that'll be after the break. You are listening to Lockdown Wild, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Lockdown Wild Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are going to be diving in to more trade rumors swirling around Dumba. I guess not new trade rumors, but just uh, just I guess a reiteration that uh, of. An existing rumor concerning Matt Dumba, Elliot Friedman published in his 31 Thoughts, that Toronto was looking into Matt Dumba, and that is something that we've kind of heard rumblings of for a while, and certainly have heard rumblings of this year with Toronto looking for a defenseman. Uh, Not just this year, but last year especially, when they were particularly desperate for a right shot defenseman. Anyway, it's not a surprise that these rumors are coming up again. And you know, I, I think that we've talked about this maybe a little bit before, like, ah, you know, the, the time to trade Dumba would have been, you know, at the peak of his value. Not that I would have advocated trading for Dumba necessarily. Uh, and I still don't today. I'm not a fan of the idea, especially not now where he is having a bad season. Now we all know that he is point total is low. Right, he's just got three goals, thirteen assists for sixteen points over fifty games. That's that's pretty that's pretty bad. That would be his lowest in a full season since, I guess, on track for lowest in his full season since his first full time year, unless you want to count the fifty eight game stretch that he played in. Okay, so basically the lowest since his rookie year. I would I would say is where that would be tracking at. And then his overall game too, you know, you, you don't see his confidence coming through in his ability to generate offense. And I think this might have kind of given the rest of his game a bit of a drop-off because we're seeing him not just be, you know, not what he was before the injury or even, you know, uh, you know, uh, what he was before, you know, before I guess his breakout, but we're seeing him be for the first time in his career, not a good player below replacement level when it comes to wins above replacement with, uh, with a minus 0.2. So that means, which means that theoretically you could be able to call up someone like, I don't know, a Brennan Minnell and they would be able to, or a Louis Belpedio, and they would be able to step into the lineup and give you that performance as, I guess, a baseline. So, not very good, and I, I think that is causing people to be, I guess, more down on Dumba, more open to trading him, which is is what happens normally, right? Nobody wants to trade a guy who's doing well. We talked about this earlier this week with Marcus Foligno. I'm sure that uh, that we'll be having this discussion surrounding someone doing well, like Jonas Brodine, or even uh, even a Jason Zucker, perhaps, you do see someone's flaws when they're not doing well more. And then in in a case like Mad Dumba, you're much more open to trading him now. But I, I gotta say, I think that would be a huge mistake for the Minnesota Wild, especially since this isn't last year where you could maybe pluck someone really great from Toronto at a vulnerable time. I will be getting back to that in the next segment, but hold on with me, right? So assuming that you're not going to get that big ticket item, what are you getting for Toronto that is going to be an equitable value for Matt Dumba? And I, I just don't know who that is. I'm going to guess that, uh, that's someone like Rasmus Sundin, who is, I guess their top prospect, or I would say their top prospect, their first round pick in 2008, that is already you know, seeing a, a cup of coffee or so in the, uh, in the NHL and has been pretty good in the AHL. I, I don't think that that player is going to be up for grabs. So I think it's going to be, you know, uh, someone like Timothy Lilligren who could be in play. I think he is an interesting prospect. I don't know if he, I mean, for all we know, he's not movable either. But, you know, just uh, just assuming that he is, I think he's a decent prospect. I, I think he's interesting. uh, and, and putting up some good numbers in the AHL as a, a 20-year-old, but is that equitable value for Dumba? I don't know. Uh, So I guess it kind of depends on what other pieces can you get for him. Now, you're not going to get a first-round pick, right? You're not going to get a first-round pick. Uh, because they don't have a first-round pick to give. They they can give you a first-round pick next year. And next year, they're going to have Matt Dumba on this team. So, you know, you, you've you got that you've got that big four of offensive players. And then you have a blue line that features Morgan Riley and Matt Dumba. And, and you know, uh, Freddie Anderson's been a, a really good goalie for the most part over the last several years. So, you know, that's going to be a t- uh, pick in the high 20s. By the time it comes to 21-21, it might even be the 31st overall pick in the draft if you believe in Toronto's ability to win the Stanley Cup, which sure we do. Sure we do. Anyway, so a first round pick isn't going to be the value that you think it is, I guess. So uh, what what other pieces are going to be there? You know, a second round pick, I, I don't know if Timothy Lilligren and a second round pick, like something closer to the 60s, is going to be enough for me, and then you look at, I guess, some of their forwards that are available, I'm not talking about the big ticket ones, we will get to those in our next segment, but I am talking about Kasperi Kapanen, who had a, I guess, a breakout season last year at the age of 22, scoring 20 goals, 44 points in 78 games, mostly in the absence of William Nylander. And then once William Nylander came back while he struggled, Kasperi Kapanen kind of stayed in that higher role in the Toronto Maple Leafs lineup. Now this year, Kapanen is uh, back over 16 minutes a game he's playing, and he's got 28 points in 51 games, a respectable total, but I don't know that that doesn't seem to me to be like the main piece of a Matt Dumba trade at all. Like especially if you don't get Lilligren in this deal, I'm not liking Kasperi Kaplan as as the main piece of any Toronto deal. I know that he's got speed. I've talked to uh, I've talked to a couple of Toronto fans about it. Uh, he has some speed. He can you know he he'd be a really good you know, third line, second line tweener, I guess, you know, someone who can step up and, and into the top six if there's an injury, uh, but someone who, like, ideally you want kind of creative, creating havoc for you on a third line with the speed and, and and giving some scoring element to your bottom six. I'm just not a fan of somebody coming back that doesn't have the chance to have an it factor with the, uh, with the Minnesota wild. I think Minnesota has too many forwards as is where, you know, good players, solid players doesn't have that it factor. And I, I think that's kind of the, the, the minimum price that I would want in return for a Matt Dumbo. is somebody who, you know, maybe they won't have that it factor down the line, but somebody who I can look at and I can say, you know what? They might be a raw prospect right now. They might be just a, a a first round draft pick, but I can believe that this player will be, you know, somebody who can can elevate their game uh, and and really carry the Minnesota Wild into the next iteration of their team, you know, somebody who can step in and be, you know, part of a big two with Kirill Kaprazov, how nice would that be? And again, I I just don't see that with Kapanen, and I I don't see Minnesota being able to return that player for Matt Dumba now. If that is the case, if they are able to pull a, like, Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson trade, I, I doubt that it's possible at this juncture with Matt Dumba's value being as low as it is, but but that would be what I want them looking for. I, I want them to look for a player who has star quality or, you know, a, a player that I can, a prospect or a pick that I can reasonably believe can make an impact in the short term. And, you know, maybe Timothy Littlegren's that that player, if he is available. I don't know uh, either. I haven't looked in, I guess, enough to, uh, to know. Uh, but uh, I don't think a, a 2021 first round pick when it's a pretty good bet to be like the 27th overall pick is going to be that either. Uh, that, that's that's a pick in the 20s so that's gonna be one one year before you can even make that pick two two to three years before a pick in that range is going to be an NHL player you know if you're lucky and then you know you have to also be like, okay, you're here in the NHL but are you good which has been the rub with uh with a lot of players that the wild have drafted in that range over the last uh over the last decade really uh one final thing that i want to say about dumba is i do believe in his ability to bounce back from this year you look at every year that he's had before here and he has been uh generally He's had one full season where he has not been a two wins above replacement player as a defenseman, which is pretty uh, good company to be in when you can achieve that as a defenseman. His rookie year, where he played 58 games, uh, he was 2.5. The sophomore slump kind of hit him. And then the two years after that, he was uh, a 2.5 or above win player. And then last year, through 32 games, he was point eight which would have put him on pace to be about two and then he gets the injury of course comes back his first year back from injury not so solid uh, in fact we we just talked about it downright bad so I don't know. I don't think that the guy who was playing at a superstar level at the age of 24 before an injury, Uh, And who had been playing at a really high level for the the four years prior to that, too. Like, we're not just talking about a guy who... I mean, obviously, like, he became a 20-plus goal-scoring beast last year. Or that certainly... That almost certainly would have been where he would have hit had he been able to finish out last year. I mean, he didn't become that in the previous four years. But he was still a very good offensive defenseman. And I just don't think that he forgot how to play the game of hockey just because he was injured. I think that it's just a a, a lost season. I think uh, early on in Brodine's career, you saw Brodine just have a lost season where he, I think that was the one where he got hit in the face with a puck and just was never right after that until the, the year after that. So I, I think... Like these things can happen with young players. And I think that it's a really good bet that he'll rehab his value. And if you really want to trade him when he is back to scoring 15, 17, 20 goals and being a really good offensive defenseman for this team, if you really want to trade him there, then we can have that discussion. Let's not have it now when you can't get nearly enough back for his talent. Anyway, we're going to take another break, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to talk about two names that the Minnesota Wild will not get in a trade at this deadline, and one more name that you don't want them to get. This is Locked On Wild. And we're back at Locked On Wild, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Tony, and we are going to dive into two players that the Minnesota Wild will not get at the trade deadline will not get. And then a third one that, believe me, you don't want to get them at the trade deadline. So the first one, I've seen a lot of fans throw out his name and and I kind of glossed over him in the last segment, but I think it's time to talk about William Nylander, who was indeed rumored to be connected with Minnesota and specifically uh, perhaps even Matt Dumba certainly a right shot defenseman. So either Jared Spurgeon, or Matt Dumba, but let's say Matt Dumba just because of the recent rumors that Toronto is again, checking out Matt Dumba. So there were specific reasons last year that uh, Dumba to Toronto for Nylander trade would have happened because if that wasn't the case, I don't think that that trade would be even floated, right? Because you had Nylander come into the NHL, put up two straight years of 61 points, uh, 20 goal scorer in each of them looking like one of the best playmakers, best young playmakers in the NHL, having a ton of skill that hadn't quite been untapped yet. You, uh, Maybe you don't, but I certainly remember a few world championships ago where he absolutely dominated as a twenty twenty one year old for Sweden, just looking not world juniors, world championships. So against the men, uh, not, not against the under twenties looking just incredible, like being able to take over games single-handedly. So that is, you know, the kind of skill that, yeah, is that attractive to me? that is 100% attractive to me. I can understand why, you know, wild fans are looking at Elander and saying, I want this guy on, on my team because I'm looking at him right now and I'm saying, you know what? I want this guy on my team. <laughs> He's really good. And, uh, and, but there were reasons, like I said, I don't think Toronto would have traded their 21-year-old uh, right shot winger who, you know, has even played center from time to time without having some reasons to do so and last year those reasons were there this year they're not there last year Nylander was locked in a contract dispute with the Toronto Maple Leafs trying to get uh, as much money as he could which is absolutely 100% something I support I'm not crapping on Nylander for holding uh, I guess not holding out holding out is part of the problem with these things I don't begrudge Nylander for going into the season to negotiate that at all. In fact, I think that's a good thing. He was able to get his money. He won. I mean, really, like he was able to get over $7 million, uh per year when, I, or uh, uh, not over $7 million, but just under $7 million, $6.9 a year. That is a nice thing to, you know, wait for, and that's worth fighting for. And it is a thing that he did that is going to bring up salaries across the league so it's good for everybody that Nylander did this Mitch Marner doesn't make what he makes without Nylander uh fighting for that so I think that uh I think that Nylander did uh the smart thing for him And a good thing for the rest of the league in doing that. So I'm not begrudging this at all, but it did make Toronto more likely to trade him because if he doesn't have a contract and he's not playing, then, and and he's demanding more money than you could, uh, or at least the front office wanted to give him, then, you know, that is a, that is a motivator to at least look around the league and, and see what you can get. And of course, A cost-controlled right-shot defenseman like Dumba makes perfect sense for Toronto in a scenario like that. And then when you get to uh, the fact that Nylander comes back and, you know, for whatever reason, uh, some absurdly bad puck luck, maybe he was uh, hampered by sitting out for the first couple months of the season. I don't know if we'll ever, like, be able to say for certain what happened but he comes back and he's not able to, to put up the uh, the points that he was able to to put up. Still a, a pretty solid player when you look at the underlines, uh, but even then not to the standard of the year before where he looked like an absolute stud. So, you know, there, there were some reasons to trade him. You, you know, you haven't seen his full potential. Oh, also Mike Babcock there was the coach and and Babcock and Nylander did not seem to get along very well, and if you read into some of the stories that have come out about Babcock since, uh, you know what? I I have a hard time not taking Nylander's side in this thing, but that was another factor that, you know, his his coach maybe didn't like him to the degree that he might have liked other players, and, you know, when you're in the coach's doghouse, that's another that is another thing that uh, that can get you traded. So now we're at this season, right? He has his contract, and not only does he have his contract, but Toronto has their big four locked up long-term. Austin Matthews, Nylander, John Tavares, and Mitch Marner. They're locked in for a long time, and that loses any urgency that, that, Minnesota, or, that Toronto has to trade Nylander uh, for. Because, you know if you have him under contract, you can just hold on to him, right? And second, he's playing super well. He's got 24 goals and is looking like an absolute beast in the underlying numbers. And just, I, I watched him last night and he was, he looked dominant. I don't think he had any points even, but he had a feed to John Tavares that absolutely should have gone in. He made some other plays with the puck that looked really good. I, I, I'm a big Neilander fan, as you might be able to, uh, to tell from me, just absolutely glowing about him. And then you look at his coach. It's not Mike Babcock anymore. It is, uh, Sheldon Keefe, who was his coach in the AHL. And, you know, obviously there, there, uh, there was probably a good relationship there when he was uh, playing for the Toronto Marlies. He was definitely one of the Marlies top players during that time. So, you know, uh, there's, there's no reason really for Toronto to, to do this trade, to, to send him out, especially for Matt Dumba as a one for one. Uh, it was definitely shot down in a who says no edition of, uh, Craig Custance's athletic, uh, column where he pitched hypothetical trades to, uh, actual NHL executives and says, who says no, somebody, uh, per uh proposed trading Matt Dumba and a 2021 fourth round pick to Toronto for William Nylander. And that's not what you're getting. I don't know if he's not gettable, period, for Nylander. Uh, uh, yeah, if if uh, Dumba for Nylander trade can't work out, I don't know. But I, I do know that it would cost a ton. Like, what does it cost? Does it cost Matt Dumba, a prospect that's not Kirill Kaprazov, and someone like uh, Luke Cunnan or Ryan Donato, I don't know if I make, you know, a, a Matt Dumba and Matt Boldy and, uh, I don't know, Luke Cunnan trade for for William Nylander. I don't know if I do that. I, I That seems like a lot just to get, you know, one player no matter how good he is. But remember, you're also losing a player in Dumba who on a normal year is really good too. So you're trading a high tier player, a top prospect and a, a, you know, a young player that you're projecting to be decent for William Nylander, you know, no matter how good he is. That's, that's one player. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I do that. And I definitely don't do that. If in any way, shape or form, Minnesota has to give up a first round pick in the next couple years. I don't do that at all because, you know, Minnesota is tracking to be a lottery team this year, and maybe even a high lottery team, depending on how things shake out in the second half of the season, depending on what trades they make. I'm not interested, even if you lottery protect it, right? Protect the top three spots. Like what if you finish fifth or sixth in a deep draft? I'm not giving that to Toronto, and I'm not feeling good about lottery protecting it this year, maybe you do get the lottery pick and then you get to, you know, hold on to the third pick this year. Well, what happens next year? Are you going to be good next year? I don't know. Like the goaltending doesn't have any solutions so far. So, you know, you're, you're playing the, uh, the same risky game that Ottawa played in getting, uh, Matt Duchesne a couple years ago that, uh, that, uh, San Jose played and getting Eric Carlson, I, I think that was a good deal at the time. And nobody could see San Jose falling off. But that's the thing. If nobody could see San Jose falling off this hard with Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Logan Couture, all of those guys, what what does it say about Minnesota's chances to, to avoid, you know, potentially giving up the number one overall pick in a couple years? So I'm not interested in that at all. I think for a lot of the same reasons, Brock Besser, another player that is kind of connected in like fan hypotheticals to Minnesota partly uh probably partly because Paul Fenton asked about him over the summer when uh, when he was shopping around Jason Zucker and I I guess they just kind of hung up the phone uh if uh, if what I uh, if what I have absorbed from like the Twitter verse and, and the uh, the Russo podcast um, is uh you know if, if that recollection is correct. Then yeah, uh, Brock Besser's been a thirty goal scorer from the jump basically, and he has a contract that holds him in uh, Vancouver for the next two years after this. I don't think they're in any hurry to make any sort of decision in terms of like, oh, do we do we trade Brock Besser? I don't think that that's going to happen. And lastly, here is a player that I think gets connected to Minnesota and fan trades a lot that I you do not want to get. And that's Alex Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk was the third overall pick, I think, in the 2012 draft. That might have been the Nail Yakupov draft. So third overall pick in a weak draft. Where, uh, or, uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the last time that Minnesota traded for a third overall pick. And, uh, oh, I remember Cam Barker. And I can understand the appeal with Galchenyuk in that you know he is a former thirty goal scorer for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, and you know he you know had you know some potential and he's been connected to Minnesota in rumors before where you go like oh man a thirty thirty goal scorer that would be an interesting guy to get, and I understand that, but I think when you look at what he's done since that thirty goal season, it has been. I, I asked, uh, Evolving, uh, Wild about this and, and they said, quote, doo-doo. <laughs> he's just been absolutely terrible, uh, below replacement level in each of his last four seasons, uh, particularly bad, uh, in, in the last three. I think right now he's almost, uh, two full wins below replacement over the last three seasons and, and you know... This was after not one but two changes of scenery. He got out of Montreal, went to Arizona, had a a pretty lousy season in Arizona. I mean some points, like yeah, like he was uh he was uh, a decent power play guy for them, but on the whole at even strength, no offense at uh at five on five, just awful defense. One of the worst defensive players in the league, honestly. Like, we're talking Phil Kessel, bad defense. We're talking Thomas Vanek, bad defense. Uh, just absolutely terrible in the defensive game. Um, and even at even strength, not generating any offense over the last, uh, over the last three years. So, you know, what are you getting out of him other than just, like, a a decent power play guy who, like, isn't even a right shot. I'm looking at him right now. He's not even a right shot, a left shot, uh, a left shot forward. And someone who, for uh, what it's worth, hasn't taken very many face-offs either this year or two years before that. And even the year before that, like not, not very much. So we're not talking about a true center even. We're talking about one of the worst defensive players in the league. And we're talking about a guy who hasn't cracked 20 goals for the last, four seasons and that's that's a big concern to me and I I don't want any part of him in any trade that I'm giving up any sort of real asset for uh especially like if you're struggling in Pittsburgh (laughs) like look at like how Jared McCann blew up in Pittsburgh and then Alex Galachaniuk goes there and he is having you know uh he's having maybe his worst season since his rookie season where you know he, he's he got five goals right now and 16 points for Pittsburgh on a team that you know could really use him to step up in the lineup with all the injuries that they've had so I, I just don't want any part of him you know maybe 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 in free agency but in any trade that I'm giving anything up in nah I'm out sorry bye So, not to be a downer on the, uh, William Nylander cold water thing, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's that segment, and that's this episode. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Locked On Wild, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you want to help support the show, uh, tell, tell your friends about us, like, share us on social media, and just, like, actually, like, personally tell your friends about us. That would help. That actually helps a lot more than, uh, than the retweets and the likes, But those do help, as do reviews. Also, please, 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 if you're hearing this on Thursday, email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com or tweet us at LockedOnWild. Some listeners' choice suggestions. I don't think we have any, and we really like doing those. We want to keep on keeping on with those. Um, All right. I'm sure there's more that I'm forgetting that Joe takes care of at this point, but I am a big dummy, and I'm just going to say thank you so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow on Lockdown Wild, where it's your team every day.